It's show 70 of the Rim Pro Report. This week, Jim Booth of Prism International and the Year in Review. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. You know, it was 30 years ago that a software product was born. Fact is, it was the first commercially available record storage software, and it was called RS-DOS. This software package introduced barcoding to the ACRC population. Now, that's the predecessor of PRISM on a commercial scale. Tim O'Neill, the founder of the software, was told his software would never catch on. But it did, and that same spirit of leading the rim industry with great software continues to this day. If you want to learn more about them and their software, you can do so at O'NeillSoft.com. Hey, 2011 is officially complete. Here's to a brand new year ahead. Is that Auld Lang Zine playing in the background? Nope. Welcome it's to show the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me and it's the end of the year. Just two days left and we're into 2012. So officially, I want to wish you a happy new year. Thanks for being with us on the show today. Thanks for choosing to join us. Thanks for uh, contributing so many uh, interesting things this year. This industry has been a cool one to be a part of this year, and I can only believe it's going to be better next year. Hey, here at Flourish Press, we've been looking at the year in review and planning our own 2012, and I got to say I am excited. 2012 is going to be an amazing year. And I hope you are feeling the same. You know, I'm pretty proud about the 50 shows we've completed over the last year. And today we're actually going to chat about the whole year with the one and only Jim Booth. If you don't know him, Jim is the executive director of Prism International and someone who has had significant impact on our industry. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to get him on the horn and we're going to look at the year we've just completed. We're going to talk about his unique perspective tap into what's going on ahead in the world and in the industry, but it's kind of a bittersweet conversation in a way for me. Jim is moving on from PRISM to something new, so this is his last year end as executive director of PRISM, so I am really looking forward to chatting with him on the show today. But just before we call him, let me catch you up quickly on the industry news of the week. It's been kind of quiet this week, as one might assume, so this is the one big item that I know that's happened in the last week. It was another acquisition. This one happened just a couple of days before Christmas Day. Access Information Management acquired the assets of Santa Barbara File Storage and the hard copy record inventory from Beacons of Santa Barbara. These acquisitions make Access the only full-service records and information management company based in Santa Barbara County. Rob Alston, president of Access, said that they will be opening a brand new facility early next week. So congrats to Rob and the team on this latest acquisition. If memory serves, I think this is their 33rd and 34th acquisition. 
Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this uh, a little bit later with Jim, but it uh, looks like Prism International is going to offer a Q&A conference call on their new certification program. Based on many of the inquiries they've received regarding the details of the new Privacy Plus certification, Prism will be offering a free conference call to review and talk about the program and deal with questions from the industry. The call will be held on Wednesday, January 4th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And the best I can tell from where I sit in the This RimPro Report studio, uh, that's all the news in the year ahead. As you have news to share, I would love to hear from you. Well, I'm going to get Jim Booth on the phone right now. Get ready for our year-end conversation with Jim. So give me a sec. I'll get him on the line. I've got him on the line. Jim Booth, are you there? I am here. Hey, Tom. Hey, Happy New Year to you. I know we're not quite there yet, but uh, looks like 2011 has come to a close. How was your year? It was a very interesting year. We had a lot of changes and uh, positive developments, and uh, I think the industry did as well. So it's been a good one. Yeah, no, it's been a great one. So before we get into sort of what I wanted to talk to you about, sort of the year in review and and sort of your perspective on different things, I thought it would be interesting because I, I know a lot of people know you. They're well aware of who you are, but sometimes I don't think they know more about you than that. So give me a little bit of your story. You arrived in prison in 2000, right? It was uh, actually November of 99, but pretty close. November of 99. So tell me what you were thinking when you first arrived at prison. What was kind of, what was kind of your perspective and what were you seeing at that point in time? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I had a lot of friends in ARMA having been the director of marketing at ARMA and, um, and at the uh, NR, what was then called the NRCC. Right. Uh, and um, so uh, a number of people asked me because of the... Uh, gigantic uh, consolidation wave that was going on at the time, how long it would be before Prism International only had one member. Right. Um, so that was, that was sort of the uh, overarching issue at the time. That was just prior to the announcement of the Iron Mountain Pierce Leahy merger. Right. Um, and um, a lot of consolidation going on in the industry at the time, which um, the, the members that were getting purchased of Prism International were the mid-sized companies. Are you know the, the larger um, mom and pops, and uh, those are the folks that really represented more the backbone of the organization because they they had the resources and the time to be able to devote to volunteer support for the organization, and so it left us not only in a financial crunch but also in sort of a a leadership vacuum to find those um, those volunteers that were both willing and able to serve in a leadership role. So it was, it was quite a challenging time uh, right at the beginning. Yeah, and you, you, you came in and, you know, that that's all taking place. Was it kind of a scary proposition for you? Were you feeling at that point that this, this was a job that you could latch onto and sink your teeth into and make something happen? It was a great opportunity for me. Um, and, uh, and I've, I've enjoyed it the, the entire time that I've, that I've been there. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you don't go into something in an environment like that without a certain amount of trepidation, and yeah. there certainly was some. Um, I think the, the thing that made it a little bit uh, easier for me to absorb is we had some really um, skilled and talented, uh, both large company and 
and, uh, and independent operators that were leaders at the time. And, right. Uh, you know, they did a they did a great job. You know, bringing me up to speed, saying, "Yeah, this is this, and this is nothing new." And um, you know, we've been going through phases like this, and uh, you know, let's just soldier on, and and we'll 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 build back, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and so ten years later, well, we're more than ten years now. We're almost going into twelve years, right? That's I guess yeah. twelve years. So twelve years later, I, the first question I'd ask are: What are some of the most significant changes you've seen in the rim industry in this last twelve years? If, if you could sort of go back in your mind and go, man, these were the big, these were some really significant ones. Would would you have any that stand out in your head? You know, I think the most positive sign um, in that time period, uh, at least from, from my perspective, is the fact that folks who may have self-identified as being in the box business exclusively um, are now understanding and realizing the huge business opportunity that exists in digital records right. and, and have taken steps to um, either get into conversion um, through imaging or, or to step into... Um, media vaulting and uh, uh, server co-location and, and some of those other services that go hand-in-glove with, uh, with managing physical records. Yeah. So um, I think that's a, that's a necessary transition as, um, as the amount of digital uh, information continues to, to exponentially increase. Right. So that, that's been a significant one because probably as you were starting, given the, the uh, Iron Pierce-Leahy connection, Box was really the, the core focus, right? Yeah. And I think for, for a lot of companies, it probably still is because it's such a, a magnificent business model. Yeah. Um, and and, and the, the cash that's generated from that business is just, it's extraordinary. Um, I mean, I, I have heard a number of, of independent operators tell me they've, they've never seen a business like it, and they just uh, they just enjoy it so much because of its characteristics, its revenue characteristics. Yeah. I, I remember Richard yeah. Reese saying at the conference, and I think it was Reno, remember when he did his, his uh, retrospective on the industry, I remember him saying he's never seen a better business than this one. And, and he said at that point there was one other business, but nobody seemed to figure out from him what the other business was. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that distinctly. Yeah, you're right. Remember? And, yeah. and I think people have talked about it, went back and forth on different forums, and, and um, but nobody can quite figure out what that secondary business was. But yeah, it's, it's really a, a sweet business, and it's a sweet industry, and it's kind of fun being uh, along on the ride on, on it because there's so many cool things happened. So let, let's, let's kind of move into this last year because I think there's been a lot of interesting things happen this year. What's interesting to me is this year might actually feel like this last year we've just come out of might actually feel in a way like the first year you started with the significant consolidation that, that took place. And, you know, when I, when I kind of, um, looked at the year in review, I started noticing right off the bat, uh, 2011, uh, Cornerstone Access Retrievex all went on buying sprees. <laughs> um, and they've been going at it all year long. I know uh, even early on, Recall bought Securitz, uh, U.S., um, U.S. operations. And right from the beginning of this year, every week on the show, it's every single week, there was a new acquisition. So given that history sometimes repeats itself, although somewhat differently, and if you don't know history, you, you, you are unaware of this sort of cyclical effect. But how do you feel like this year compares to some of the big roll-up years previously? 
Wow. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any data on that, and I haven't seen any data on that. But um, it, it, it did seem to be a significant year for consolidation. Um, uh, I wasn't actually present at the height of the, of the roll-up um, when I, uh, I was more catching the tail end of it when I was first hired. But, um, I mean, 98 and, and 97, that, that little cycle there, um, certainly gobbled up probably the most significant number of independent operators. Um, so I, I would say it's, it probably isn't as significant as, as that year. But we've had actually um, a number of cycles of consolidation since I've been there. Right. And um, uh, it's, it seems bigger than, than some of those. Um, I think, though, it, you know, this, uh, it can be, this can be seen as a, as a negative by some people, but a positive by others. Yeah. I think it shows that, uh, you know, despite the fact that, you know, there are people calling for, you know, paperless offices still, as there have been for 20 or more years, um, there is still a, um, a, a pool of, uh, of aggressive, motivated buyers in the marketplace, and that uh, business value um, is good. It's strong, um, and uh, there are people that are willing to go out there and um, and, and purchase those businesses. Um, so I think that's uh, I mean that's that, that's a good news story. Um, as far as the markets where consolidation has occurred, I don't know if we'll see the same level of backbuilding that we have in the past, where independent operators who may be in you know related businesses where they have cash flow like moving and storage or self storage or imaging um, may decide to go in and and um, you know hang a shingle and become an independent operator in a market where there may be few if any right um, i mean it's it's hard to say but that's certainly um that's certainly what has happened in the past so based on that though there, there is I, I think when you first arrived in prism after the major big consolidation there was this fear that there would be no more new blood coming in, that, you know, the whole thing had happened. But you have seen over the last 12 years this consistent drip. What has it looked like in this last year in terms of new companies coming aboard? What, what's that look like from the perspective of the association? We've had a few um, in the United States, but, uh, but I think uh, as far as startups, most of the ones that I've been in contact with, and of course John Omer, uh, who works for us, has also been in contact with a number of others, um, the, the more aggressive growth seems to be occurring in markets like India and, and uh, the continent of Africa um, and uh, the Middle East uh, those, those, uh, and China. The, those, are, those are markets where um, the low-hanging fruit, as far as paper records goes, has not been picked. Right. Um, and they're, um, you know, the, the market penetration is much lower, and, uh, and it's possible to... Um, to create businesses that grow at a much faster rate. And uh, so we, we've seen a, a quite a number of new members that have come out of those markets. Um, I think uh, those, uh, I just spoke at the, um, at the uh, AIM Service Bureau Executive Forum in November. Right. And uh, we had a room full of imaging people who were intensely interested in the, uh, in the economics of the, of the hard, um, hard copy storage business. Hmm. So I think those, uh, there are um, uh, still a large number of, of operators um, in the United States that are well positioned to step into the industry should they choose to do so yes. for hard copy. Right. Um, so it's not like hard copy is going away. And I think we've, we, you know, like some people would say, I know um, Iron Mountain suggested, I think it was last year, that they had seen sort of not not that there was significant growth, but there, there was a leveling out effect and that paper box storage was sometimes the follow-on effect to other other uh, service options, but 
uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm seeing it. There's there's significant interest from the shredding side. Uh, you know, the work Kerry McGovern's done in the self-storage world has tended to have an impact on, on people coming in. And it sounds to me like even the scanning side of the, uh, the industry tends to also potentially put people uh, into into this particular niche world in such a way that they go, hey, we could put a box on a shelf and make some interesting money from that too. Oh yeah, as well as moving in storage. I mean, a number of those operators are already in the business. Oh yeah, hallway already. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you 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 mentioned the international explosion in terms of of new members, but I think I've seen an international evolution in terms of rim that then supports the kind of work our industry does. What's your perspective on that? Not so much where are the new members coming from, but what you see from your unique position or desk uh, in terms of the international evolution of RIM? Well, I'm probably not the best person to to address this, but um, I mean, just just from what I read and uh, people I talk to at ARMA, um, I think that... um, a combination of multinational companies and international standards um, is driving more uh, records and information management as a discipline um, throughout the world. Yeah. And uh, some of it uh, can probably be attributed to ARMA's GARP initiative, the, the Generally Accepted Record Keeping Principles. Right. Um, ISO certainly has a huge role to play, and uh, they've just recently revised their record keeping um, requirements for ISO certification to fall in line with ISO 15489, which is the records management standard. Um, so I, I think that uh, the, the discipline is gaining wider acceptance. Um, there are, of course, still still pockets where there's a lot of resistance to outsourcing. Um, the biggest biggest example I can think of, at least what I've heard anecdotally, is probably Germany, where there's there seems to be a cultural resistance to outsourcing. Hmm. But um, uh, I mean, I, I think that um, uh, better records management practices and principles um, are, are needed throughout the world, and the archival discipline, which is the, 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 the predecessor to records management uh, in most places outside the Commonwealth, um, is, uh, is attempting to adapt in order to be able to conform to, to those international standards and be able to manage records on a, on a transitory or temporary basis, right. um, as opposed to permanent preservation. Right. Well, I, I, I don't know if you heard it, but I had a, a conversation with Oya Wally Oyadokan a couple of weeks ago from... Oh, Rima uh, Foundation. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rima. And it, 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 interesting to me, the, the evolution, because he's, he's kind of spearheading what he believes is a calling of his to change the way records management is done in Africa, which will inevitably affect records storage archival stuff, the kind of stuff that we then touch uh, as an industry. Well, yeah, and I think in, 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 in markets like Nigeria um, or elsewhere in, in Africa where they are and also in Southeast Asia, I think what we're seeing is that proper records management procedures are being driven to some degree by government initiatives that may be uh, funded by IMF or, or some or World Bank um, that have to do with transparency and procurement. Right. Um, we're having a, a keynote speaker on that very topic at our Asia-Pacific region conference in the Philippines coming up in, at the very end of February. Right. Um, and uh, those, those transparency initiatives are very important to try and weed corruption out of the procurement process and provide um, better citizen rights. And um, I know the International Records Management Trust has been working in that area for quite some time and has done a lot of education for public sector records. I think private sector um, 
records uh, would then follow in, in markets where, where it's known that, you know, these are the best practices. Right, right. And that is always good for this industry, our part of the industry. Oh, sure, because, um, you know, anything we can do to, to help promote good corporate governance and uh, good uh, um, information governance, governance principles uh, is, is a benefit to um, the, both our clients and their customers. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in markets where there is public sector records outsourcing, Canada probably being chief among them, um, there's been very, uh, very good working relationships um, for many, many years. I know when we, when we met in Vancouver in 2002, um, we had uh, their uh, minister of, of administration, basically, who was in charge of records management, who made the statement at that time that they'd been outsourcing to three different vendors for 20 years, and, and in their estimation, for every dollar they, they spend on outsourcing, they saved four. Yeah. So, um, I mean, very, very significant statement from a public official. Yeah, that, significant, significant. I, I remember that actual presentation. That, that was my first PRISM conference ever. Hey, right. Yeah. Remember I did all the recording for all yes, the speakers? I do remember. That's right. The very first one. <laughs> very first one. Uh, so you you kind of alluded to it, but one of the areas I know you to be, uh, you're, you're almost like a uh, computer in your brain on this one, are all the compliance-related things that affect our industry. But tell me how you think compliance has, has a, you know, what compliance issues have come up this last year? What are sort of the newest most important things that have hit the industry in the last year? Well, I think there's no question that that risk management associated with data breaches is probably the biggest single issue to hit this industry um, in a long time. Right. And as a result, uh, PRISM has a task group 11, um, our certification task force, that's been working very hard to put together a privacy plus certification model so that uh, the industry can hold itself out as having a, a self-certification model that promotes um, proper information management and handling practices um, in order to ensure the safety of client information and, and its confidentiality. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's of paramount importance that, that operators um, take this extremely seriously. Uh, we've already had incidents involving members of the industry where there are multi-million dollar lawsuits involving the, the loss of data. Right. And... Right. Uh, this is only going to get worse. Uh, according to the Ponymon Institute, it's not a matter of if a company has a data breach, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Um, so um, there, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a grave situation that we have to be um, at the top of our game in order to manage effectively, both from just a regulatory compliance and risk management standpoint, but also from a public relations standpoint. Right. Um, it's a nightmare when one of those breaches occurs. It damages the entire industry. So the let, let's talk a little bit about that certification process because I I know it's been out there and you know the uh, the mail drops and different things like that are talking about it but but let's move into what's that all about what what is Prism trying to do with that certification process that will so you've given the context of it but but what's the actual process entail? Um, it, it's actually pretty simple in the in the first phase of the certification program it's actually a self certification protocol. The um, the uh, folks who are who would like to get certified are are getting certified in in, in basically three areas: uh, administrative safeguards within within their their business, um, physical safeguards within their business, and and uh, technical safeguards, technological safeguards. Hmm. And um, 
there is a checklist that's on the PRISM website that um, any member or non-member can download to take a look at, um, you know, the, the fundamental areas of that checklist. Um, and then uh, there is a requirement that uh, one representative from the company attend a uh, certification workshop in order to be trained um, so that they could function as a, as a privacy officer and also train um, individual employees within their own company um, on information they have learned from the uh, from the workshop. So um, so that is that is how the first phase will roll out. Okay, and so that that's going to be a series of of trainings that that people can choose to attend. Yes, the first one is on uh, is on Tuesday. January the 24th and continuing on to Wednesday, January the 25th uh, in 2012. That one's going to be held in Miami. So if you're in a in a cold spot and looking for an excuse to go get warm, <laughs> that is that is certainly one. Um, and uh, uh, the um, uh, the fee uh, for members to attend that is is $495, and that includes the uh, the, the certification application fee. So uh, okay, so it's all all rolled into one. Oh, that's great. So the the certification process is something that comes out of a big industry change, and it's it's something that Prism is doing to respond to that. So at the end of the day, a Prism members they'll have to be members, I assume, to get certification. No, no, uh, okay. it's possible for non-members to be certified as well. It just costs more. Oh, okay. So certification means that they can then, uh, in their literature and different things like that, say we're a certified privacy company. Yes, they can. They can display the Privacy Plus logo on trucks, on their letterhead, on business cards, on on collateral material, um, newsletters, uh, whatever they choose to do. And and uh, there'll be a listing of all certified companies on the Prism website that clients can can look at. And also the uh, the, the criteria for certification is on the public area of the site, so that clients can study that as well, um, just as Nate has done with their with their um, Nate AAA certification. Cool. So th this is maybe a question that that's maybe different than you've been asked before. But what are many people in this industry, f from your perspective, uh, what do you think? There's there's a mistake they're making, or there's a thing they're failing to do that could significantly enhance their business. Oh my! Well. <clears throat> I mean, just from your perspective, I, I this is not calling anyone out, but it, I. I I think you have had this unique perspective on the industry for 12 years. Uh, you see companies come and go. You see, you know, you see players that have been around for the long haul. You see p people that come and go. You see those who have stuck it out. But, but if if you had one piece of suggestion to give to somebody coming into the industry in order to ensure they got it right, what might you tell them? Uh, well, I actually spoke on this uh, at, at a part of my speech I gave in. Vietnam last February and again at the NRC um, right after that. Um, in my opinion, uh, as, as more business or the base of business or there are more significant percentage of business becomes digital, um, it, gets less, it gets less sticky. Um, the, the business uh, it can, can flow from, from vendor to vendor much easier than right. you know, moving 100,000 cartons. Right. Um, so in order to be able to... Um, Keep a client um, uh, firmly wedded to a particular vendor. Uh, in in my opinion, the one thing that that should happen is uh, an investment in human um, consulting capability um, that that introduces um, the the clients 
um, that 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 causes a client to rely on their vendor for expert advice. Right. Um, you know, I don't know if in what form that would take. It probably depends on the on the business mix, but it could be anything from hiring an attorney uh, on the staff um, that that would be billable as well um, to um, hiring. Uh, um, you know, Microsoft system certified IT people, or it could be um, you know other folks that that have a high degree of expertise in information management and, and information governance. Um, I believe when when that when that kind of person is on the staff of a particular vendor, um, uh, they they have the capability to market and promote the vendor by giving speeches in public and and doing uh, some uh, free consultation seminars with clients and things of that nature. And, and also um, to, to build a reputation that the company is invested not only in the services that it provides um, on, a, on a routine basis, but also on being able to take a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, when, a, when a company is having an information management crisis. Right. Um, and, and I think that, <clears throat> that relationship, uh, to the degree that it can be developed, would, would have a tendency to make business much stickier and would, and would lead companies to make decisions not based so much on price, but on the expertise that, and value that they receive. Oh, that's, that's powerful. I, I think that's some of the, the best advice. It's some of the best perspective because ultimately at the end of the day, we are still a commodity business. It's a box on a shelf. It's, and, and as you said, the, the, we're getting less sticky. Um, the, the, you know, we've been around long enough that people understand perm out fees and, you know, are negotiating a lot more on those at the front end. In many cases, bigger companies are, but that connection to the company has to have deep roots and, you know, just a box on a shelf or a shredded piece of paper or whatever it is, is not enough anymore. You, you have to provide more than the baseline service. That's the point of entry an exceptional point of entry, but you still have to bring something more. You have to position yourself. Yeah, that's where I see it. Cool. Hey, so where do you think this is all headed? Where Where do you think uh, are we going paperless? Oh no, I, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Um, because of the of the speed of the growth of digital information as the primary information uh, transaction uh, medium now. It, it, it may appear as though paper is going backwards. Um, I don't know the, the degree to which there's been any real decline. Um, but it, there's no question that, that the growth of paper is, is in the probably low single digits. Right. Um, whereas digital information uh, growth is, is uh, I don't know, it, was, it was doubling every other year. I, I don't know what the statistic is now, but, but it's certainly huge. But... When when you look at the utility of the of the medium paper um, for certain record types, and, and it wouldn't be the same for any record type, um, but for certain record types, paper is is still an, an extraordinarily good choice because it requires no migration and it requires little or no power to maintain. Right. Um, HVAC systems tend to be maintained for the comfort of the employees, not the comfort of the paper. Right. So um, that is runs counter to. Um, storing digital information on servers where it's subjected to hacking attacks or accidental deletion or um, uh, the, the, the servers continue to consume power at a huge rate. I think I saw a statistic in Fred Moore's book that said uh, uh, data, center, uh, represented, data centers represented 2% of the power consumption of the United States, which is a gigantic number. Yeah. Um, so 
um, for certain types of records that just need to be maintained for, for legal reasons and require limit, little or no access, I think it, it, uh, paper, paper remains a very, good, a very good medium. And there's still a lot of it out there that's self-vended or, or public sector records that, that uh, may be able to be vended better by the private sector. Yeah, and I, I think the conversation holds true for backup media as well, doesn't it? Well, um, I know that uh, it depends on which salesperson you're talking to. And, right. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's my understanding that um, data centers are still very reliant on tape. Uh, they, may have, uh, you know, they may have server uh, mirroring somewhere else or a RAID array or something like that. But um, I know when Google had their, had their major Gmail debacle where they deleted millions of emails accidentally, uh, they went back to their own tape, tape. copies get the emails back. So yeah. I think it's still in wide use, although perhaps IT people are reluctant to admit it. Yeah, yeah. So where do you think consolidation is headed? Do you think we're going to continue to see significant consolidation, or are, are most of the, you know, the roll-up opportunities now cleaned out for a while? Oh, you know, I, uh, I have no idea, but, but I mean, <laughs> this much I think is clear. Um, there are a willing group of buyers who are... Um, who are actively soliciting um, existing companies that, that may be interested in selling their business. And I see that as, con- as continuing as long as there are businesses in this industry, which I'm sure will be for quite some time to come. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a maturity cycle where, you know, the, you know the, there's, a, uh, there's an issue where perhaps the children don't want to get into the business or, or one of the partners wants to cash out or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, once a business reaches sufficient size, um, the the uh, the business value at, at sale is is very good yep. compared to a lot of other business types. So, yeah. I would I would see that as continuing. I don't know about the pace. I think uh, that depends on you know how willing folks are to sell. But um, something that we learned um, from uh, doing these um, business barometer studies that we started at the beginning of the recession and have continued through um, at least until the beginning of this year is. Um, the hard copy business is extremely resilient, even in recession. Yeah. And, uh, and revenue um, declines were, were relatively small where, where that segment was concerned. I think they dropped off a bit more where project work like imaging was concerned. But, but in, in hard copy, the recurring revenue elements um, maintained a lot of strength through, through the recession. So um, it's still a very attractive business with, with good recurring revenue. Yeah. <clears throat> so what about compliance? Are we is, – is it going to – even ratchet up even more such that it affects our industry? And oh, I, I think so, yeah. Uh, we're, uh, I mean, right now we're aggressively tracking uh, six or seven bills right now in Congress. The, the Congress has basically tied itself in knots uh, for reasons I won't go into, but ought to be obvious to anybody watching the news. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, that's, that's caused them to not be able to move on a number of these data bills. But there are a lot of them there. And um, I think we can anticipate both from the, the legislative side and from the regulatory side, probably through the Federal Trade Commission and others, that um, there will be increased uh, demands for um, companies to, to do a better job at preventing data breaches, at preventing the loss of, of inadvertent misdelivery, any of those types of issues related to, to data. Um, and uh, that's only going to get worse. Um, the, the European Union at the moment um, is, is uh, re- revising the, uh, 
data protection directive, and I think we'll see a lot more of, of that language in the data protection directive as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that all, in a way, affects us, our industry, but it also fuels our industry. It can. Uh, I, I know I've heard Bob Johnson say that before. As, uh, you know, at least as far as NATO is concerned, more regulation is a good thing because it drives more business their way. I think it's a double-edged sword where Prism right. is concerned. In, in some cases, it does drive more business, but in other cases, it can make being able to service that business a lot more expensive. Right. Um, right. So, um, you know, there, there are dual considerations. Yeah. So, got a question for you. Yeah. If you could go back and give yourself some advice as you were graduating from Thomas Edison State College, <laughs> with all you know today, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, my word. Uh, let's see. Um, about the, 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 the life that you were beginning to embark on at that point in time, would you go back and say, Jim, if you just knew this, if you just prepared this, um, I'd have to say, I would remind myself to never quit learning, um, to be a continual lifelong learner because conditions and environments change and, and, uh, it's very important to um, to continue to stay in the habit of educating yourself as these conditions change. Um, there's, uh, I think uh, Ken Hopkins is the one who told me this that that change is inevitable except from a vending machine. So um, I think uh, yeah. we have certainly seen that in the industry. The the environment is vastly different now than it was ten years ago. Yeah, and uh, and in many other industries, uh, I mean that is equally or more so true. Yeah. So uh, it's our end of year show, but it's also an anticipating 2012. And I know 2012 is a, a, an interesting and big year for you, uh, transition year for you. And I'm not going to ask you where you're going, uh, but I, I am going to to ask any thoughts about 2012. Well, 2012 is going to be an exciting year, um, and uh, it's going to be a, a year of, of course, a big change from Prism staff uh, standpoint. Yeah. Um, but as far as the, the industry is concerned, uh, the rollout of the Privacy Plus program is a major achievement, and, uh, and that will continue to be strengthened as, as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, the, um, uh, the leadership of Jim Teske as, as prison president, I know, is going to be great. He's, he's, he's been around this industry a lot longer than I have. And, yeah, a long and, time. And uh, will bring all of that experience and love for the organization uh, into his presidency, I'm sure. And uh, so I, I think it's, it's uh, something that, that's going to keep members on their toes and paying attention all year long. Yeah. And what about you? What's uh, 2012 feel like for you? You know, uh, it feels like a year of very big change. Yeah. Um, you know, PRISM has been very good to me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always tough to, to leave a place where you've grown very comfortable and have so many friends. Um, but it's going to be exciting and challenging. So... Uh, so at mid-year, when I when I change gears, um, you know, it's going to be um, a steep learning curve all over again. And, and I hope I have great people around me, like like Lee Miller and Mike Bailey, and and some of those people early on who who uh, who taught me this industry to help me learn the next one. Yeah, 
Well, Jim, on behalf of this industry, and I, I know that there's many accolades to come in the in the uh, the year ahead, but uh, as we finish out 2011, on behalf of this industry, I want to thank you for your incredible service to the industry. I wanted you specifically on the show for this particular episode because uh, you you have just been such a significant contributor. I talk daily to people in this industry like you do, and without question all of them have been impacted by you and you know i i hear so many people say they just call you up and ask you a question and you're full of knowledge and so on behalf of them and me uh, i want to thank you for your incredible service this last year for the last 12 years and i know for all the stuff you're going to do in the six months ahead well thank you so much i appreciate that Tom. and uh yeah happy new year to you hope hope you have a hope you have a great uh, new year's celebration and looking forward to the next six months with you and then uh, love to sort of watch and observe and cheer for you as you head out in a new and amazing direction. Oh, well, thank you, and Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks. Hope it's a great one. Thank you. Wow, there you go. That was a, a great conversation with Jim Booth. He is a true pillar in the industry, and I'm really grateful that he took the time out of his holiday week to uh, share this year-end show with me. Thank you for joining us today and this year. I hope you have a, a great New Year's celebration and that your 2012 is going to be a, a fabulous one. Finally, let me say that this show has been sponsored this year by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What impresses me about this company is not just their ongoing dedication to creating great products, great software products, their customer support and service, but they are really, really focused on new development and creating future for our industry as it relates to software. Their cloud products, uh, the stuff they're doing just even with apps and all of that kind of stuff is pretty cool. So as you look to your future in your rim business, O'Neill might be someone you want to keep on your radar. You can learn more about them at O'NeillSoft.com. Well, that's it for us this week and this year. Have a fabulous New Year celebration and make 2012 your best year ever. We'll be back next year. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com, where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.